everyone. This is the Charter School Connection Podcast. My name is Dallin Wortham. I'll be your host for this episode. Um, I'm really excited to introduce our guest because it's someone that works in and a little bit out of the charter school world, so we'll get some new perspectives. Um, but before we introduce our guests, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Charter Connect. Charter Connect helps boost enrollment for charter schools nationwide. So if you're struggling with your enrollment, reach out to one of our enrollment specialists. And Enrollio, our new enrollment software that makes it really easy for students and parents to slip into your enrollment funnel. Well, without further ado, let's get to our guest today, um, Jana Cook from Bookshark. She is the community manager and she has her own podcast and she has a lot of insights in regards to um, homeschool curriculum, K through 12 education, building a community. But I'm going to stop talking now and uh, get to um, Jana a little bit. So Jana, welcome to the show. Dan, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited um, to learn a little bit about some of your insights um, because we kind of stick in the charter school world and you have experience in it, but also serving educators outside of the charter school world. So it'll be really nice to get your perspective. And um, oftentimes as administrators, we can kind of really just put on the blinders and forget to zoom out a little bit. So it's really refreshing to have someone that isn't necessarily a charter school administrator that's in the daily grind of growing a charter school. But um, before we dive into all of these questions that I have for you, um, let's just start with the very beginning with you. How did you get involved in education? And tell us a little bit about your background and how you arrived to where you are today. Well, that is a a deep, deep well to dive into. But (laughs) the, the cliff notes are I was educated as a child um, with multiple types of education. So I had done private, I had done public, um, charter wasn't really a thing yet when I was a kid, but my parents, um, did homeschool me eighth through 12th grade, which is kind of backwards because a lot of people think it's easier to homeschool in the beginning and then send them to a high school as they age out. But I was, I kind of like to do everything backwards. I work, (laughs) I work backwards and out with everything. Reverse engineered it. Yes. Yes. Before it was even a thing. It was crazy. (laughs) So I wanted to be an educator. I went to college. Um, first I went to beauty school and I, I did that for, um, 20 years in the midst of everything else. It was a trade school that I'm so grateful that I went, taught me so many things, but I was able to put myself through college by working part-time. I thought I'm going to go to college and I want to be a teacher. I was a type of kid that did school in the summer. If we didn't finish a workbook at the end of the year, I was taking it home with me and I was setting up at my own little desk and doing school. I know that sounds so, I know there's some kids out there like that. I can't be the only one, but (laughs) that was me. I have to say, I have three children now. I don't have anyone who's like that, but I loved to learn. I love education. And so as I was going to school, I was looking at secondary education as an English major and I got into the school and it was a gifted program. I was going to do a practicum. I'm so grateful that they have these opportunities as you're in education so that you get your feet wet and really understand what you're doing. And what I was disillusioned by, unfortunately, was the social emotional aspect of kids back in the late 90s, early 2000s that wasn't being addressed in the public education realm. And so I remember going back to my college professor and I said, 
I don't know how I can expect these kids to conjugate verbs when they don't even yeah. know where they're going to sleep tonight. They don't even know what, oh. what kind of environment they're going to go home to tonight. And so I was like, how can I get through school as quick as possible, not lose any time, but I don't think I want to be a teacher. The irony is my whole life I have spent teaching, not only my children, but I'm the friend that everyone's like, hey, Jana, you know, it's like and people can Google these things, but they just love to ask me. I don't. I'm, and I love to give the answer. So um, I feel like life is an opportunity to teach at any moment. And so fast forward. I have three children. I never wanted to homeschool them myself. And we had moved to a rural area. It's a very small um, district. And my husband was like, why don't we just homeschool? I mean, the, I think it was like less than a hundred kids for K through eight or through 12 where we were living. And so mm -hmm. we started that venture and I started working um, with Bookshark. That was the curriculum that we used. They are a literature-based homeschool curriculum, which really was in my wheelhouse because I absolutely love to read. Mm -hmm. And so it was a perfect opportunity to mix something that I loved and to educate my children with a solid foundation of history and language arts and science. Uh, I started working for them in 2018 as a convention rep. So I'd go to different conventions and I just get to talk to parents and administrators about the program. Um, and it's obviously I love it. And so it's very easy yeah. to talk about it nonstop. And so then 2020 happened. I was on the convention floor when the pandemic shut down uh, the world. Yeah. I was in Fort Worth, Texas. And um, they said, hey, do you want to help us create community online since this is what everybody is looking to? Mm -hmm. And so instead of scrambling, we kind of already had our feet wet in this, in this area. And so they brought me in and I started um, helping to build the online community. And then I got the opportunity to start podcasting for Bookshark. And I still get to do conventions because they promised me they wouldn't take away my first love. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I have a lot of questions that I want to ask, and I'm going to try to do it in chronological order. So, well, this isn't so much a question, but just a comment. I have a sister, um, two friends that went um, through beauty school, and they um, would tell me how surprised they were by how difficult it was. Did you also kind of feel that where you're like, this is really tough. This isn't like going to like paint nails or just cut hair. Like it was like, it really um, kicked them around a little bit. Would, can you agree to that? I think that a lot of people are surprised how much chemistry is involved mm -hmm. when you are looking at cosmetology. I would attribute the fact that beauty school was not hard for me to homeschooling and being able to think critically. <laughs> yeah. And it was never, it was never an issue. I, like I said, I did it for 20 years part-time. I loved it. But well, I think that's awesome. I think it's a really interesting um, way to put yourself through school and respect to uh, anyone that works in cosmetology or in the beauty industry. But anyways, um, if I was a charter school administrator and you're, let's say you're at the national charter school convention, um, and by the way, come check out the Charter Connect booth at the Charter National Charter School Connect, uh, Convention in August. Actually, it's in June, I believe, in Austin, Texas. But in Austin, yep. Are yep. you going to be there? I will not, but my partner, oh. Maddie, she will be. Yep. But Bookshark, Bookshark will be there. Yes, All we right, will. So yeah. At the National Charter School Convention, check out the Bookshark Shark booth and then uh, check out the Charter Connect booth. We're really excited. Um, but 
let's say I'm a charter school administrator and I walk up to your booth at this convention and I want to learn more about Bookshark. What is like the 90 second or maybe even less the 30 second elevator pitch spiel that you give to kind of show what your program can do? It's so funny that you've asked that, Dallin, because we've really been trying to get away from these elevator pitches because the more marketing education that we get, we're like, are they really helpful? And so we went through this whole thing. And my first convention that I went to, you have to still use the elevator pitch. You only have a few (laughs) seconds, then people walk on because there's so much to see. So while I see the value in maybe walking away a little bit from that idea, in boots on the ground reality is we still need them. So this is what I love to tell um, educators is that we are a fully planned curriculum, uh, language arts, history, science, and then we partner with four different math companies. And so how that is useful for our charter school is that we really partner with the schools to do more of a hybrid um, schooling so that the parents have um, curriculum choice And then they are home with their child, but a teacher still has the opportunity to um, mentor not only the parent, but walk alongside the student to make sure that the curriculum is being implemented properly to answer any questions. We have an online component that really helps marry both those ideas of being able to homeschool while still underneath the umbrella of a teacher and administration. That's awesome. Very cool. So Let's say I'm this charter school administrator listening to this podcast right now. Bookshark would be a really good fit, and I should really check Bookshark out if I am blank, blank charter school. If you are a hybrid charter school or an umbrella charter school where parents have curriculum choice and they are looking for a solid literature-based curriculum that is time-tested and standards-aligned, and has the um, proof in the pudding for the (laughs) students that are coming out of using this curriculum. Love it. Cool. So if you are that type of administrator and you're listening to this episode, go check out Bookshark um, and see if it would be a good fit for your your program. I'm sure that they would love to, to talk to you more about what they can offer your school. But so you are now working with the community as a community manager. What does that entail? And What tips do you have for charter schools that are trying their hardest to build their brand, their community online and just in their local community? I think one of the biggest aspects of building community is personal connection. And while as administrators and curriculum designers, you know, we're looking at parents and we're trying to give them everything that they need in order to succeed. I think one thing that we typically overlook is their emotional well-being. So because I am a homeschool parent and I was homeschooled, and just because I love to connect with people, one of the biggest successes that we've had is to make sure that we're not just focused on the job, not just the parent, what they're what they're struggling with, not just the student, how to make them better, but connecting personally. So I love to ask questions like, hey, how's your week going? What worked? What didn't work? And it doesn't have to be specific to the education because people just want to be heard. And mm-hmm. sometimes just connecting on a personal level is like the biggest way to build community, whether online or in person, because it's not just the facts or figures. Let me check my box that 
you know, I asked you what you needed from me and, and we solved that equation. It was like really stopping and saying, hey, I see you. I see how hard you're working. I see that you're, you know, you're not just a parent and you're not partnering us with just education, but you're building into another citizens that's coming up in our society. That's a tough job. So yeah. how can we hear you and then come alongside you and not just with one platform in education, but also, you know, like you matter. Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. Um, I like you, you said something that um, a previous guest on this episode um, said they, they were talking about how strong their community was at their school. And I asked, you know, for ex some advice and he just said, listen, like ask questions and listen, because it's really easy to go like, oh, okay, let's do this event and we'll have snow cones and then we'll do this and then we'll do that. And then we'll get on our Facebook page, post all these cool videos. And like, that's all great stuff. Not saying it's bad stuff, but oftentimes we just need to start by listening, just asking the question and listening. So I think that's really cool. Um, do you have any experiences that you might want to share in regards to you ask that question, someone opened up and then it led to a new insight or um, something really special? I can think of several instances when I've been on the floor at conventions. And so depending on the type of convention that we are um, an exhibitor at, we would either get admin or parents. And so there's been times when I've talked to teachers and there's times where I've talked to parents and sometimes it's both, right? Because the mm -hmm. parent is the teacher. Um, but just they're frustrated. They're frustrated because something isn't working. And that thing that isn't working seems to be working for everybody else. Uh -huh. And as a parent, that is very defeating because I don't know about anybody else, but I'm the first one to go, what am I doing wrong? I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. It, a secondary, you, you know, you might fall into that category where you say, well, what's wrong with my kid? I mean, that's mm -hmm. just, I always think something's wrong with my kids. So that part doesn't matter, <laughs> but I'm constantly as, as a parent, I'm constantly evaluating how I'm doing it and what I could be doing different. And I think as teachers and administrators, we kind of do the same thing, but because we are in the day and age where things can be tailored to fit the student, instead of making the student fit the program, just taking the time to hear well, what's not working? Well, it's working for everybody else. So it must be me. Well, it, not, not necessarily. Everybody mm -hmm. else might be struggling too, but nobody's willing to say that they're failing at something. Nobody wants to talk about what's not working. Yeah. So I think that taking the time to listen and say, okay, well, one of the things was the parent said, my child's not a strong reader. It takes them forever. And then if you have a schedule, you get behind. And the death of homeschool or hybrid schooling is if you feel behind, forget it. It's like put them back in the regular brick and mortar because it's a horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. But when you can offer solutions that are outside of the box, like, hey, did you get the audiobook? Did you let them read along in the audiobook? Did you read it to them? Well, is that allowed? Well, of course mm -hmm. it's allowed. They're still <laughs> getting the education. They're still getting it. They're getting it in a different way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Being able to call an audible, be flexible. Um, you mentioned feeling defeated. And you meant, I believe you mentioned the word alone. Um, and I feel like charter schools sometimes feel that way where they're like, ugh, like I'm the only charter school in the area, or maybe there's a lot of other charter schools, but they're all really doing really well. Um, we're kind of struggling in these various aspects. Our pre-K program didn't take off like we wanted, or our enrollment's kind of low. 
or maybe we're having some behavior issues school-wide. Do you have any advice for someone that maybe feels alone um, and just kind of how to get out of that lonely place? It's a myth because really <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody is alone. You can feel alone. That is a feeling and and it's a true feeling. I don't want to dismiss a feeling that is very overwhelming to some people and, and can be defeatist, but it's a, it's a feeling and then there's facts. And the facts are there is always somebody else who is either going through the same thing you are or has triumphed over this very thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing new under the sun. If you, you know, are strong in history, you can see it repeats itself, repeats itself from, you know, from the the countries to individuals. And so yeah. I just feel like being intentional to find the source um, and learn to do better. I'm constantly saying we know better, we can do better. If something's mm -hmm. not working, quit trying to make that same thing work. Yeah. Like find out what is working for you or maybe for somebody else and then try how you can make it your own and implement it in a very unique way for your community or your school. Fantastic. I, I got more than what I was hoping for out of that answer that I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I kind of want to backpedal just a little bit. Um, earlier, you said that you noticed that there were some, um, I believe you used um, social and emotional um, challenges for students that you really wanted to address outside of maybe just the classroom. Um, and how does your position now at Bookshark and as like a homeschool expert, kind of fill that cup? And how have you been able to um, scratch that itch that you have that's been kind of your, your destiny maybe um, via what you're doing now? Well, I'm gonna have to first scratch the word expert. I am by <laughs> no means an expert. I've been, I've been in it for a long time, but I think it's the older I get, the more I realize the more you know, the less you know. Yeah. So um, definitely <laughs> time-tested. I will say that for me personally, pulling back, and this is what I tell homeschool parents a lot of the times, when you're struggling with a student's behavior, um, you know, that that's the biggest one. Like whether it's your own child or a student's thing, it's like, what's really going on? It's not yeah. that they don't want to write the three-page paper. It, it's, a, it's that, okay, you know that they know how they've been given the instruction, but what's the, why aren't they motivated? Why aren't they doing it? And mm -hmm. especially with parents, when they're at home educating their children, it's like, you want to just strangle them. And, and so I have to say to parents, stop and, <laughs> and, and really ask what's going on inside of you. Why are you frustrated? You're frustrated for me personally. A lot of times it's because I'm, I feel like a failure. I'm frustrated mm -hmm. with my student's performance because my student's performance is a direct link back to what I'm teaching or how I'm teaching it. And when there's that open communication between a student and a teacher or a parent and a child, my children are over communicators. And so they'll say, we don't understand what you're saying. And I'll be like, but I'm speaking English. And they're like, yeah, we understand the words you're putting out, but we don't understand how they go along together. And in the beginning, when my children would say that to me, I would get so a embarrassed, but then I'd have to cover it up with like anger. Like, I don't know how it, how else to say it. Like that's yeah. the only way to say it. 
it isn't the only way to say it. It isn't the only way to do it. And so when you are coming up against that, I say first stop and and check my own attitude. Where Mm -hmm. am I at in this process? Is my pride injured? Am I, you know, do I feel inadequate because I don't have the right information to answer this student or this child as I'm giving them the, as I'm walking through the curriculum? There's so many aspects, but it always comes down to, I can only control me. So what am I doing in the situation that isn't helping? Am I insisting on my own way when really I could be researching to find a different way that's going to help this child personally in my own home with my own children, but also just encouraging parents that like, you don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. Let's just start admitting that more and looking for the answers outside of our own sphere and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think that makes successful um, education regardless of the type. I think um, my brain was just boom, boom, boom. Just so many ideas and questions and thoughts coming from everything that you said. It was so insightful. Um, Something that you said when you gave the example of your kids kind of made me think of something that another guest on our show, um, Mick Sam Greatest from Classical Charter Schools, um, he mentioned that it's important to understand the context to be able to help people and understanding like their schedule, like why do they act or the way that they do or why do they um, use blank excuses? Um, why do they say ABC? And um, I really liked your example of people don't, it's not that they don't want to write the three page paper. There's kind of something else beyond that. So I think it's really cool that you're using that desire to help outside of the classroom with social and emotional um, challenges in young people via what you're doing in your personal homeschooling and also at Bookshark. So thanks for sharing. I really like that. and I'm sure that everyone else listening really enjoyed it too, because I just had a bunch of fireworks going off. Um, well, really cool. Um, is there anything else, maybe like a, a question that I didn't ask or an insight that you'd like to share or um, something that you would like to plug? Um, and I'll let you kind of plug the podcast, but is there anything else um, that you'd like to talk about before we kind of wrap up? I think that, it's something that I've heard on your podcast with guests before, and it's just, it's not new or innovative, but if your child isn't connecting emotionally, they're not learning. So mm-hmm. whether that's yeah. with the material, which we at Bookshark, you know, our claim to fame is finding amazing literature to teach through the subjects. And it's not, so we're not just using textbooks and memorization. We're connecting with either historical fiction or biographies or autobiographies so that children feel connected to what they're learning. And that to me is super important. And I feel like at Bookshark, we do a really good job with that. Um, And knowing that it's not just all about cuddling on the couch and reading with your child, (laughs) although you know, that does work for some people. Uh, realistically, I work, my my child has to get things done. And so adding in the aspects that keep being, um, you know, introduced to the world, like the virtual options, um, which Bookshark now has a virtual option for our program, which is phenomenal. Um, but the hands-on, you know, it's not just one type of thing. We all know there's different types of learners, but regardless of what type of learner you have, if you can get them connected. And the last thing I would say about that is it's not always getting connected to the subject. 
sometimes it's just getting to that connected to the person teaching it. So as teachers, as educators, as parents, it's stopping and hearing and listening to the child. Yes, you need that three-page paper done. And yes, you need them to do it well. But how can I connect with that student to motivate them to want to do it? And maybe it's just listening to them ramble for a few minutes about a baseball game that they just played. Yeah. Now they know that you care. And now you're now the output for them is going to be so much more because you took the time. And I think that with hybrid situations, with homeschooling, there, you know, you have that opportunity because it's not just about getting it turned in and graded and done. It's the whole child. It's the whole student. And I know that education itself is really starting to get a grasp on that. Um, it's something that us homeschoolers have known about from the beginning. I think that's fantastic. Um, what I'm gaining from this episode is that sometimes the most important lessons are learned just by active listening, just listening. Um, that's really cool. And I think it's cool that your values align with Bookshark, which is something that you know, charter school administrators might be wondering, how can we involve more of this into our curriculum? It's, to me, it seems like Bookshark via virtual options, via um, all of your different curriculum options that you mentioned an audiobook. Um, so there's different ways to learning that you offer that it pretty much allows for that active, empathetic listening between educator and and youth. So that's fantastic. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Because I'm sure people are listening to this going, wow, I really want to learn a lot more about Bookshark. I want to learn more about these concepts that uh, we're touching on. Could you plug your podcast a little bit? Sure. So it's called Homeschool Your Way, because we know that not every child learns the same way and not every family operates in the same um, venue. So we really want to open it up. The podcast is not Bookshark specific necessarily. It is homeschool, but also because of just the things that I'm passionate about, parent specific. So mm -hmm. we offer all types of um, topics. I just did one about planning for the high cost of college, uh, which is very pertinent right now in the spring as I have two 17 year old twin daughters that are looking into college. So um, just different topics that really do benefit homeschool parents specifically, but also parents in general. I did a great um, interview with a dear friend of mine just about being present and what that looks like in parenting, in education, and how it's, again, not just about what we can get done or get out of our students, but what we can build into them simply by being focused in that moment. Um, one thing about homeschooling and hybrid schooling is that it takes less time throughout the day. Well, it can take less time depending on your focus, yeah. but because it is focused learning, um, you know, it, it, the depth of it, the connection that you're making with your student or your child, as you're going through these, um, this literature and how you're learning, it just, it's a different way of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I want to listen to that episode. Um, could you repeat just one more time, the person's name of, in that episode? for being present yeah. or the or college. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So being, being present. present was, um, Kelly O'Brien and cool. she is also a second generation homeschool mother who 
has a college degree and an engineer and all of these great things that you think sometimes there's still that misconception about homeschoolers that we really are trying to bust through that it's not just a parent, you know, sitting around again on the couch, reading all the time, uh, playing in the kitchen. I mean, there's so many innovative ways now to do education, but she had just a very unique perspective. And so just, and we both have teenage daughters. So just talking about that idea of being present in, in our children's lives. I think that's fantastic. Cool. I will definitely be linking to the podcast, but also that episode specifically, because I want to listen to it. Um, Very cool. I really enjoyed this um, conversation. I'm really grateful for your insights and especially the insights that you've given when I kind of opened the floor for you to just kind of speak about anything that came to mind. Um, everyone that's listening, you can uh, go to Bookshark at bookshark.com. I'll also have a link in the show notes. You can also go check out the podcast. Um, make sure that I don't mess up the title. It's Homeschool Your Way. Um, to learn more about homeschooling and all those different options, it's um, not just a Bookshark podcast, according to Jana. So go check it out. Anything else before I let you go, Jana? Yes, we do have a charter school liaison, Maddie Sutter, and she okay. is available to talk with any admin um, curriculum, possibly um, people who are looking to implement some curriculum in their charter school. We are used in charter schools throughout the United States. Um, one of our biggest states is California. Uh, but we are all over. And so she is our kind of charter school expert in how to use our program um, as a partnership with a charter school. Well, awesome. Um, If you can send me her contact email, I'll include that in the show notes as well for people to be able to reach out to Maddie. But thank you so much. You were fantastic. Um, Hopefully we can in the future do a round two. Um, But thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing your insights. Thank you, Dan. I really enjoyed myself. 